This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. This is part two of the 2019-20 season review and I'm delighted to be joined by a proud Essex man who has managed to keep his tan topped up this summer despite the closure of the tanning salons. How are you, Craig? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Mikey. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the tanning, tanning salons may be shut, but the beach is open. So, uh, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time lounging around near the seaside with uh, with the appropriate social distancing have you been in that holy water that matt holland used to bathe in i ha- i haven't no the kids have the cross they can't keep the kids out of it and um i know that joe's family were down at the weekend and they were paddling in and out i was, I was saying to him that we should be charging like you know the waters at lords or something for people to come and uh miraculously solve their um their ailments by you know, in and out the paddling pool Brilliant. And uh, have you been watching much of the Premier League? I saw uh, Jake Humphrey won the Premier League last week, I believe. Yeah, I've, I've been certainly been watching more than I did do beforehand. And I've just noticed that um, yeah, Newcastle scored a fourth against Bournemouth. So, crikey, there's, there's, there's four or five teams at the bottom there that are scrabbling to get out of it, aren't they? Mm. It's mad because Bournemouth, despite losing 4-0 against Newcastle, are above Norwich, who are possibly the finest ever team to go down i don't understand it you know as you say they keep hearing that they're great and i keep checking their league table but and the results to be fair so something must be awry somewhere along the line there's an algorithm out of sorts somewhere <laughs> right let's uh so we've already managed to mention norwich about a minute and a half in which will please our listeners above the border um so before we start on the review, some good news came out of the club today uh, with Luke Wolfenden signing a four-year contract. This is just good news all round, isn't it? There's no negative spin on this one. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes, you know, obviously, um, you've seen some of the comments saying, well, it's only delaying the inevitable, etc. Well, 
so be it but you're at least you're protecting an asset aren't you he's, he's not going to be leaving on the cheap having signed a, a four-year deal it just it protects us if, if someone does come in then you know you're pointing to a four-year contract and saying you know pay, pay it up or pay us uh, pay us the appropriate amount so yeah it's, it's just protecting an asset if nothing else just gives everyone a bit of a bit of uh, comfort that he's going to hang around for a little bit hopefully yeah he's a good player and I, I was just yeah. checking his stats earlier um, and I saw that he was born after France 98, which which made me feel old, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born after uh, 74, so you know we, we, we're all we're all we're all born after a World Cup of some sort. <laughs> Both in our 20s, so <laughs> right. So picking up. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to part one, just duck straight out of this and listen to part one with Benjamin Bloom. Joe Fares and David. David Diamond. How on earth yeah. could I forget? Yeah, um, if you want, if you want to listen to some that. listen to some good news and some wins, then by all means, please head over to part one. Yeah, they did um, dig at the better end of the draw there, didn't they? With with that, and part three, of course, will be coming up with Rich and Seb and a special guest. Um, of course, we'll leave it leave it to them to announce who that is. But yeah, so picking up from where where the lads left off in part one, we've just been knocked off top spot by Peterborough after a 2-0 defeat at home to Rotherham. Um, and we had very different journeys, but we both headed down South End with Ipswich looking to end a run of two league defeats against Sol Campbell's South End. And a day in the end described by many as the away day of the season, Craig. Yeah, um, well, as you say, yeah, we... we went down via different routes but I saw yourself and and Joe um you know giving it large and lording it over the the kids of South End in, in that corner <laughs> section having having forced them to remove that tarpaulin they put in between the uh, in the sets of fans um I I was at I was at Fleetwood as well and I think Fleetwood in well in terms of performance and things I think I thought Fleetwood was a a more rounded performance and you know obviously Fleetwood being where they were in the league and bits and pieces like that um but yeah there were, there were over 2,000 I think at South End weren't there yeah yeah it was a it was a good one um a couple of decent goals from uh James Norwood no James Norwood yeah he did get two yeah. both, yeah, both assisted by Caden Jackson because we, yes I, I seem to remember we were talking before that game about that partnership and whether they were maybe getting a little bit greedy because they were both scoring goals and it was maybe becoming too much of a competition between them. They really linked up well that day, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, and you could just see the, the start, well, not necessarily the start of a partnership, but you know, a far better understanding um, due to the amount of games that they were playing together because Keane wasn't quite fit yet, was he? So um, we were playing those two far more regularly than, than we ended up doing. Um, and as you say, there yeah, they combined really nicely for the for both of Norwood's goals, and both of Norwood's goals were pretty instinctive finishes as well. Mm. So yeah, he played a, a, a flat four four two that day, and I think the the biggest surprise was that Thomas Holy was dropped uh, for the first time, and Will Norris made his his league debut. We still had Vincent Young at right back. Um, I think that might have been his last last yeah. appearance for us. Did he? Did you think at the time? So first of all, how did you feel about uh, the road? Well, I mean, it wasn't a rotation by this point, but how did you feel about Norris coming, coming goal in place of Holy? 
Well, it was a bit. It was a strange one, as you say, when when it happened. It wasn't sort of on anyone's radar that it was it was going to be a thing that was um, going to happen. And I think didn't Lambert say after the event that it was more a case of just getting some miles into Norris and you know just getting him a bit of match um, experience and, and bits and pieces like that. Well, yeah, as we'll see over the course of the next however many games it is that we're doing here, that. Um, there was a little bit of chopping and changing when it came to goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, this, that was a strange. I don't really remember Holy making too many errors to deserve to be dropped in the first instance, to be fair. No, it was it was definitely a bit of a shock. And just quickly on Vincent Young on his return to Essex. Yeah. He, that was the, the last we saw of him because he went off for groin surgery. But we were you worried about losing Vincent Young in the short term because of just how good he was? Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he went hobbling off, didn't he, in the second half, down in that, in that far corner. Um, and then, as you say, he, he went off to Qatar, I think, didn't he, for a, for surgery. Um, and it's one of those niggling injuries and whether they, I think the guys spoke about it in part one, whether he was rushed back um, in the first instance. Um, and the thing is, he was so crucial to the way that we were playing, wasn't he? And whenever, and you could tell that, when he wasn't quite at it, it made a big difference. Um, I think in that in that Rotherham match, the guys were mentioning that he didn't look quite at it, and you know he was so instrumental to the way that we were playing in that first batch of games. Um, not just through the goals he was scoring, but you know the performances in general, and the way we were set up with with him and Garber as our attacking force down the wings. Um, and when when you when you get Injuries like groins, these just little niggly injuries that you know, take time to heal, and you just never know really how long how long players are going to be out for. But crikey, we we've missed him, didn't we? Mm, absolutely, and we moved. We went up to Rochdale on the the following Tuesday. You, you went up to that one, didn't you, as well? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, um, it's a long way north. <laughs> it to be fair, it was. You know, not sure to get all middle-aged about it, but it was it was a very good journey up there. I think it was about that time that, that they'd opened up that little section of the A14. So, you know, it, it took a little chunk off your journey on the way up there. But we, I, um, I went with a friend of mine, Tim, and we were we went to Fleetwood um, and we went to Rochdale. And what, what we were finding is we we're just going to these northern chip shops, basically, because they, they both got chip, <laughs> chip shops out the back of the away stand. So Brilliant. You're like, you go and look at these menus, it's like going to a foreign country. You think, what the hell is a rag pudding? Well, no idea, but we better have it. It's like 30, <laughs> 30p for that and some gravy sort of thing. So we were just doing a tour of northern chip shops um, at one point, in, <laughs> one point in the season. But yeah, are, so, you a, are you a gravy man or a curry sauce man? Well, it depends how far north I go, but yeah, very much, very much gravy. If, if it's if it's on the menu, I'll have uh, I'll have gravy. Not that KFC muck, but you know, proper northern gravy. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I stood with Rich and Mullet actually for, for Rochdale Mount with those guys there. And oh, sorry um, to hear that. <laughs> Phil Whelan was there in the crowd with his son in the in with the um, town fans. Oh, great stuff. I think he he well, I think he did live up. In Middles near Middlesbrough, whether he's still still up that way, but yeah, he he'd obviously ventured south to uh, to come watch town. I had, I had another friend who was stand, standing chatting to him for the for the match. Brilliant stuff, and they and they saw an Ipswich victory uh, despite Guion Edwards being in at right back and Flynn Downs being out suspended. 
one nil, uh, kept a clean sheet. I think Alan Judge came in on the left that night. Yes, Lambert yeah, he made, did. Yeah. So Lambert made three changes, um, but we and we had a couple of players playing out of position, but just we did, we were just carrying on what we were doing, weren't we? Early part of the season, winning one nil without particularly pulling up any trees. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, as you say, um, Judge came left midfield and then. Yeah, as you say again, Edwards was out of position. He he did look a little bit fish out of water then because it was sort of the first time we'd been trying that. Um, and again, as you say, we we had a little spate of games whereby the opposition was having a decent chance or one or two decent chances and not taking them, not you know not capitalising on them, and we were getting a chance and taking it, and then. You know, the, the opposition wasn't good enough to basically get back into the into the game, and that was definitely one of these um, one of these games. And they, they had a couple of good chances at nil nil, um, but then to be fair, Garber Garber hit the bar, didn't he, with a with a long range shot, and I think Wolfenden hit the post with a header from a corner. Um, but yeah, there was a bit of a reliance on other teams not converting their chances and us converting ours. But you know, one nil away from home on a on a Tuesday night, then. You know, you'd take it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And then we, we're we still in October at this stage, but we're playing an FA Cup game at Portman Road. Um, the indignity of the FA Cup first round. And Lambert showed how serious he was about the competition as he made 10 changes, um, with Norris the only one keeping his place. Um, and what was the one outcome, one outcome from this game that you really didn't want, aside from injuries, Craig? Yeah, well... Well, me personally, I didn't bother, but I'd imagine Paul Lambert didn't really want a replay. Um, and hence why I think he didn't bring Norwood on until like the 86th or 88th minute or something like that, which sort of told its own told its own story. Um, I think we had, let's say, 10 changes. We had Dazelle playing right midfield for part of it. Um, we had Dobber up front with Keane and the ball, I don't think, stuck once to... Will Keane. Um, NCR obviously conceded a penalty, um, <laughs> which Norris saved. To be which fair, which Norris and, did save brilliantly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and Walker carried on his bizarre one-man um, campaign against the North Stand, didn't he? Cupping his ears and giving it large to, frankly, bemused Lower North because obviously the the Upper North wasn't uh, wasn't open, was it? No. <laughs> Great. Great days, but yeah, good goal from Andre Dazelle. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't particularly confident that we were going to go to Lincoln and get results. So I, I was in the same camp as Lambert. I didn't, I wasn't particularly impressed by us managing to draw that one-one-one. But um, yeah, a hell of a week this one because we then go to Colchester on the Tuesday night, back in Stiletto country, and conceding <laughs> a freak goal. Was this another wasted evening, Craig? Yeah, Jason Cundy goal, wasn't it? This one very similar. Um, but it was this. It was a funny period of the year, wasn't it? There was just no, there were no real games to get excited. About, you know, not saying that there are many games to get excited about anyway. Once but we, we had got, a, once we got Rochdale out of the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. They got the the uh, the bright lights of Blackpool just on the horizon there, couldn't you know enticing us? Um, but we had like three three cup games in a row, didn't we? And obviously the the teams that we were putting out were second string team so you know it's a bit it was a bit of a slog to get yourself up for these games as a spectator um certainly but 
yeah, the coal you match, the, the EFL matches, I went to them and, um, yeah, they were, crikey, they were training ground pace matches, certainly the ones um, at Portman Road. Uh, I know uh, Dave and the guys were talking about Hughes strolling through one of the games, possibly the Gillingham one. Well, yeah, because they were maybe not even under 23 pace matches, the ones that uh, the ones that we saw at home. Um, the Coley one was obviously allowed them to have their cup final against us, didn't it? Um, and Falami started that one, didn't he? It, it was a bit of a, a bright note, um, considering the injury he had. Um, and obviously we had a couple of other debuts for the for the youngsters. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a freak goal. Guy managed to lob a seven foot eight goalkeeper from 50 yards. And and did this result did the, did this make the leasing.com trophy harder for us? Did we did we finish second in the end and that yeah. meant we had to play away? That's it. Yeah, yeah. So we we but luckily we're still in the in the south section so you know it's not as if we're going to have to travel far if we do yeah. get an away game. <laughs> um so yeah, I don't know who Cole you got in the end. I can't I couldn't honestly say who they got in the next round, but um yeah, it, it meant they've got an away away game the next leg but I don't know if we ever took it that seriously and you know a lot of people were of the same opinion that you know let's let's treat it let's give the kids a kids some games until such time as we get a little bit closer to the to the knockout stage and then you know we can start taking it a bit more seriously and I think you know, not wishing to encroach on the next guy's pod but once we did get to the next round then I was a little bit more disappointed to uh spoiler alert on that on the next result Absolutely. Well, we do have a, a the, the next one is in our section, actually. That was the Peterborough away, which comes a little bit oh, later. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. But how bloody typical would it have been if um, if we had got to the leasing.com final? <laughs> <laughs> Watching it on telly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally get a trip to Wembley and um, can't even go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, there was no Saturday game, to put it right, due to our vast quantity of international stars. Uh, we again postponed our match. I can't actually remember. Didn't, didn't write, write it down who we were due to play because it wasn't the Wickham one. Oxford. Oxford. Oxford yeah. away, was it? Oxford away, yeah. Yeah. So we ended up playing them in the, in the downpour later on in the season. Yeah. Um, but we did have our FA Cup replay um, a few days later. But this time, the unthinkable happens as we, first of all, win an FA Cup tie for the first time in 15 attempts. And Alan Judge finally gets his goal. And I don't know about you, but I thought that this could end up being a big moment in our season. Yeah, well, he, I think it was after the Rochdale match. He sort of came out and had a bit of a, um, a heart, not heart to heart, I was going to say. But, you know, he, he sort of opened up a little bit, didn't he, about the fact that he was frustrated himself by how well he or not he perceived that he'd been playing and things like that. And that he was hoping that, you know, that performance against Rochdale was the the start of something um, from his perspective, from a personal um, point of view. Um, And yeah, you know, it's, it's cross. It's taken a while for him to to get off the mark, isn't it? And it's, it was frustrating, wasn't he? This, this season as a whole, well, Mm. not, not the only one um, in that midfield, but, the clamour for him to sign permanently, and then the, the the trepidation when QPR was sniffing around earlier in the season, and uh, the crowd shouting for him to stay, and things. You know, you've, 
surely you've got to be expecting a player of his caliber to to be producing far far more than he uh, than he did you know and i'm sure it's far more frustrating from hit from his perspective than it is than it is from ours but i know i don't think it's out of out of um out of order to be asking for for more from him over the course of the whole season mm, absolutely and i think that he would he would certainly have expected more from himself as well um so we were finally back in league action the following saturday at home to blackpool um this stage we've Dropped second and the post-international blues continue. Uh, Norris returns in goal um, and we go with 4-3-3 with Danassien finally getting a chance in the league. Um, Nolan joins Skews and Downs in midfield with Rowan Edwards supposedly playing wide of Jackson. Despite these extra bodies in midfield, it's actually a bit of a Jay Spearing masterclass uh, as we eventually draw to all. Uh, what did he make of this one? Well, what I, well, sort of as we we're talking about there about the the cup games, the the knock-on effect of having this batch of cup games and calling off the Oxford match was that I counted them up earlier on. You know, I had the joy of looking through the extended highlights of of these matches, so nobody else had to. There were seven seven players that started the Blackpool match. They hadn't played for almost three weeks. You know, Jackson. Got me here. Jackson, Wolfenden, Chambers, Garbert, Rowe, Skews and Nolan were all starting the Blackpool match and hadn't played for you know, the thick end of three weeks. Well, that mm. can't... You know, I'm not 100% convinced that players don't want to play. You know, they, they Do they want that amount of time off in the middle of a season? Is it keeping the players fresh? I'd, I'd yeah, argue absolutely it's exactly not. the opposite. Yeah. I mean, I regularly go three weeks without playing during my seasons because the pitches are underwater. I know that it isn't really comparable, but I always feel rusty when I come back and I miss it at the weekends. And I'm sure that they, though they're getting paid handsomely and the standards yeah. slightly better. I'm sure that it must, it must do their head in not playing. Exactly. It just, but it just think affects things like their timing, doesn't it? Of timing of runs and timing of shots. And if you're Jackson and, and you know, you've been, playing okay you just you just want to play again don't you You just want to play again Mm. and it's not as if they didn't i'm not saying they had to start every match between rochdale um and blackpool but you know just give them some minutes someone give them an hour here or half an hour there just anything but i say for to have that that chunk seven out of 11 players not having played for three weeks well you know you're going to get a, a disjointed rustier performance than um than you should. Indeed, you, you've already mentioned your your journey to Rochdale and how smooth it was because of the new section, the A14. I drove up to Ipswich after work for the visit of Wickham Wanderers because this is a top of the table clash, a massive game, um, and I think it took me four hours and I missed the start. <laughs> um, Thomas Holy was back in goal. Um, seemed out of nowhere. How did he feel about? I mean, we've already spoken about it, but to see Holy come out and then Norris come in, were you pleased to see Holy back in goal, or or were you thinking I'd rather he didn't tamper with this quite so much? Well, well, I think I don't know whether he came out and said it, but the sort of the feeling we sort of got was well, it was horses for courses when it came to Wickham. You know, they're going to be a bit more direct. 
Um, they're going to be sling it into the box, lots of high balls, and obviously having a, a goalkeeper the size of Holy rather than Norris you know, might help in that regard. Um, so, yeah, possibly it's not, but it's it's been something that we've, apart from the the Bart season or seasons, once he eventually took over from Gherkin, it's just been a thing that we've we've gone through for the last however many years, isn't it? We just haven't really ever had a nailed on. I say apart from those Bart years, a nailed on number one that the manager seems to hang his hat on you. I don't think the fans have ever really clamoured for, for change in the goalkeeping. Um, well, we may get across it in a, in a few games time, but um, you know, the, the, the fans don't have been showing for a change of goalkeeper, but they say the, the managers seem, seem keen to do so. And it, it wasn't just that. There were four more changes, weren't there? I think from, um, from the Blackpool game uh, and also a change of change of formation. Um, we went free at the back, um, but I didn't. I didn't actually make it to this game because it's um, that there was a night of my well, night. That's the, my wife's birthday that day, and I I may have got away with it, um, but it was also coincided with a a school performance for for my boy of guys and dolls. So you know, a, a double whammy there. <laughs> so instead, of, I was actually watching it on um, on my mobile whilst in the in the crowd. What, guys uh, and dolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. No, I split that one round. I was watching the match on my phone whilst Guys and Dolls was uh, was going on in the background. But um, luck certainly wasn't a lady for Ipswich that evening. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I mean, you. I, I would say that you actually missed out in a way because it was one of the craziest uh, performances we've ever seen from the officials. Yeah, and uh, we had a we had a perfectly good goal ruled out. Um, after a long discussion between the referee who had a better view of the goal and his official, his um, assistant, sorry, who I think was running a line at Stowmarket Town only a few days later. I mean, mean, it was laughable. We weren't, I mean, whether we deserve to win that game is, is another conversation, but did the fact that this top of the table clash ended nil nil and there was, this ridiculous officiating did that really sum up league one for you at that stage yeah we we were warned about it when we were warned about refs um you know, various fans were ever saying you know you're not you're not going to believe the standard of refereeing in this division when you come down and i fully appreciate it, it doesn't make it any easier to accept but and as i say i was i was watching it on my phone on on mute you know just in my lap while occasionally looking up and <laughs> i have and you saw, i saw the goal go in and Chambers went away and celebrating in front of the North Stand. You think, happy days. The the camera pans back to the halfway line. The ball's on the on the half on the centre spot. The players are all getting ready for kickoff, and then sort of nothing happens. And it, the camera suddenly shoots off again and is looking at the lino, talking to the ref. You think, oh, hang on a second, what's going on here? But you know, I, you were there, so I, I dread to think what the you know the atmosphere was like. Subsequent well, to that. well, I, I was actually in the lower churchman's that night, so yeah, it wasn't wasn't particularly raucous down there, um, and and I didn't have the greatest view of what was going on, but it seemed to me like the the linesman was very very keen to to have his moment and make his decision, um, and that was a another well another example of us not beating the teams around us. Yeah, and um, we didn't. I don't think we had a shot on target, did we? that match um mm-hmm. which I, i'm pretty i've got it written down here i think it may have been from 
um, those were the day's report. But then there was the penalty as well, wasn't there? Which wasn't. Um, yeah. Chambers dragged him outside the area and was given as the the penalty, which would have been the same linesman who'd have been over in that same the same half of the second half. Mm. And I think they failed to send off the player who'd done the foul as well. Chambers, wasn't it? Yeah, Chambers pulled him back, didn't he? I don't know whether it was a... Well, no, he wasn't attempting to get the ball at all, was he? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure it uh, should have... I think because because of the confusion about whether it was in or out, I think he forgot to to send Chambers off because really it it should have been a free kick and a red card rather than a... A penalty and no red card, but yeah. yeah, I'm sure that we spoke <laughs> spoke about all this at length in the the midweek show in November or whenever it was. Um, but luckily for us, more cup games were around the corner. First, a trip to Birmingham to face Coventry, and this time Lambert only makes only makes six changes. Um, one of them sees Norris returning goal again, and you think, well, holy kept a clean sheet against Wickham he saved a penalty, <laughs> saved a penalty yeah. Norris is now the cup goalkeeper fair enough but anyway we we make quite a good fist of it for much of the game Will Keane scores and we're getting a bit giddy about the third round before Callum O'Hare flicks one in for Coventry and once again we're heading for a replay and the worst possible outcome yeah yeah well good it it was six changes. It was another change of formation, wasn't it? We went 4-3-3. Having played 3-5-2 against Wick, and we went 4-3-3, I think, against Coventry in the Cup. Um, is it 4-3-3? Sorry, 4-5-1. I mean, 4-5-1, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it is. No, you're right. Um, although, to be fair, and I will talk about it in a, in a couple of games' time. The, the, league, the league game was, was a bit different, to be fair. Um, but yeah, the cup game. So Downs was captain, wasn't he, in this one as well? They made um, Downs captain. I think we did all right. As you say, it was, I think it was a fair result in the end. But we we scored from a short corner, didn't we? Dizel knocked it short to Judge, who whipped it into to Keane. Yeah, Keane shows everyone that he can head the ball. Yeah, just yeah. A, 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 he's gone now, isn't he? But a, a really puzzling player for me because talented really good in the air when he's facing the opposition goal terrible when he's facing when he's got his back to goal yeah yeah you know we didn't we didn't maybe play to his strengths but you know he's for a guy as you say a guy who's so obviously talented he he needed he needed to impose himself and affect games a hell of a lot more than than he did didn't he um mm-hmm. we we spoke about it actually on one of the one of the more recent pods, saying it'd be interesting to see uh, where his career takes him. You know, if if we don't, obviously the chance we may re-sign and things like that. But there's a you get a feeling that he may end up heading back um, heading back north, um, and it could end up doing a, a half decent job for someone in a division higher, possibly. But we did we didn't see the best of him. Um, I say just a frustrating player because he is a, such a lovely, elegant player when it when he does when it does click, but it it just didn't click anything like enough. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, so moving on to the another cup game, just a few days later, um, Peterborough away, and we draw 1-1. Uh, Prisbeck's in goal and he makes himself the hero in the penalty shootout and I think Barry Cotter on his the, the forgotten man on his 21st birthday tucks in the the winner and I felt quite good about this one because it was using the leasing.com trophy for for what we wanted what we wanted it to be yeah 100 percent I remember I was I think I did the the pod either that week or midweek or, or the weekend and we exactly what we said saying that's a that was just a great result, and it was a, a great Philip for those kids that played. Um, I think Skews played, didn't he? Norwood played because he had the shot, which led to our goal um, in open play during the match. Mm. Um, but you know, just to go away to Peterborough, and appreciate Peterborough would have made changes themselves, but um, Issa and Tony came on um, during the course of the match. But you know, for these these kids, and they are kids to go away and get a result, and through virtue of a, of a penalty shootout as well um yeah all all fair fair play to him i say we got exactly what we needed out of it and i said that this was the one that um led on to our our local leg in the next round obviously mm. so by now we're in the period where we seem to be playing coventry every couple of days to rich woodward's delight <laughs> um, and lambert makes just one change from the team who drew there in the fa cup um Norris kept his place in goal, uh, which to me was a little bit baffling at the time. Um, but Will Keane clearly likes playing at St Andrews. He scores again. Um, we looked really good in that first half, didn't we, before a sluggish second half, and we ended up holding on for the point. So, yeah, we, we as you say, we made one change. <clears throat> but and the, and the formation actually worked, and it was more of a 4-3-3 for that game. Um, we had Edwards and Judge... Uh, either side of Keane and Keane was dropping deep but Edwards and Judge were getting 
passed him. Um, Dizelle had a good first half. Um, Nolan and Downs were in midfield with him. Skews was on the bench, um, say, to start with. And just that, that midfield three worked well. They were interchanging with each other. I say the wide guys were getting forward and getting past Keane. Keane was dropping deep and sort of linking with Dizelle, who then you know, knocked balls further on to either of the wingers who were, who were getting forward. So, yeah, we, we should have been more than more than one nil up at half time, um, which we were. Um, I think Keane hit the post, didn't he, with a, uh, with another header, actually, I think. Um, they had two sort of similar type headers um, and he hit the post from one. But then for some reason in the second half, Lambert, he changed it. He took off both our, I was just saying that both the wide men were playing well. He took them both off um, and replaced, well, certainly Skews came on. I think Jackson came on as well and went more of a 4-4-2 with a diamond. And we just lost all of our width. We had Mm. poor old Flynn Downs was having to try and maraud down the left. um, And Dizelle was having to do similar on on the right. I think, well... We sort of just completely negated ourselves, having such a great first half. For some reason, there was a, you know, a technical master plan hatched on the sidelines, which just they just com- completely negated us, um, and we just didn't get back into the game. Um, you know, once Coventry scored, was this the classic case of Paul Lambert's second guessing himself, maybe trying too hard? Yeah, yeah. Just I, I remember saying actually in one of the one of my first pods, like during during the autumn, actually, it was saying, I, I hope he's as clever as he thinks he is. And I think it's pretty safe to say he's, he's not as clever as he as he thinks he is because he's made a right pig's ear of everything um, mm. to date. <laughs> but we were still second, incredibly, after this, after this game. Um, and we completed our epic Coventry tril- trilogy in the FA Cup in that midweek um understandably perhaps lambert makes eight changes um one of them being barry cotter coming in at right back ncr also played hughes played judges back but this time out on the wing and jackson and norwood are back together we were just completely outclassed in this one weren't we craig um maybe that was when people started to sit up and take notice of Coventry this season yeah, they looked good, Coventry, that, that match. Certainly. They just looked well drilled. Um, I don't think they made as many changes as we did, but you know they were playing, they played a 4-2-3-1, and they just, they just looked a, a real slick outfit. Um, although we had, I think we had Skews and Hughes in the centre of our 4-4-2, and they both looked as rusty as hell. Um, Hughes looked way off the pace, and obviously that, that probably helped matters. Um, but yeah, Coventry just played... You could just see that they were they were playing balls to areas where they just knew someone was going to be. They didn't necessarily need to look up and and find someone there. They just knew that someone was going to be there because that's the way they play. And they knew that a certain a certain point in time when the ball's in this area of the pitch, there will be someone making an overlap or cutting inside or whatever it happened to be. They just looked a lot better than us, and I say a lot more honed, um, should we say? Um, and poor old would, would, a, would a well-drilled Ipswich team have gone up this season? Yeah, I think so. You think with, would... the, with the players that we've got, if 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 they were well-drilled and we stuck to a formation? Yeah, yeah, I think I think man. Well, there you go. Your last your last point is probably the most um, most valid. Is just stuck to a formation because you know how many games we've we gone through so far. One, two, three. 
eight say I reckon we've had four different formations in those in those eight matches um, whether it be three at the back one up front one up front with one off three up front whatever it happens to be you know we've we chop not only we chopping and changing personnel we're changing formation it's something we've you know, everyone on the pod has spoken about time and time and mm. time again I just don't see why it's not beyond the way you just keep it simple surely in this division we've we have got good enough players you know I'm pretty they're not going to be world beaters you know, we haven't got a startling striker who's going to score us 20 goals a season but we have got competent players who if they were playing more regularly and getting an understanding with each other and the partnerships on the pitch etc cetera, etc cetera, there's no way in the world we shouldn't have been Christ top six at the very very least certainly from the the platform that we'd managed to find ourselves in let's say it just seemed to fall apart once more players became available um mm. you know, once Keane got we, fit yeah the the cruel thing is is that we didn't we didn't even need playoff form from the second second third of the season onwards did we 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 just needed mid-table form and that would yeah. have been enough avoid relegation place yeah yeah That's right yeah. Say, just... I, at, at the time, I I I thought these cup games were really useful, and I was I know that I said I didn't want the replays, but I thought it did it because even when we were winning games at the start of the season, we hadn't worked out a formation or a style of play, and I thought that this is just giving Lambert plenty of opportunities to stumble across something, and while also getting the fringe players fit, because we had quite a big squad for League One this season, didn't we? But yeah. Alas, it, he just tied himself up in knots, didn't he? Yeah, that's exactly it. As you say, we, we have we had a, a large squad for that division, and that's what, in the end, perversely, has hampered us, isn't it? Yeah, whether whether he's whether he's done it to keep the squad happy, or whether he's done it because in his own mind he's trying to keep everyone fit. But to my eyes, he was doing exactly the opposite. In turn, you know, he was taking the edge off of players rather than wrapping them in cotton wool and keeping them fresh. You know, these guys need, well, as, as has transpired, they just needed to be playing to, to keep up that, the levels of performance that we were seeing. And by having chunks of the season where you're not playing, you're just losing that edge and, and becoming more rusty rather than becoming fresher. Um, as I say, he just seemed to, to complicate matters far more than he needed to. And I'm, you know, we're talking about Coventry and... Um, bigging them up because they did they kept it they kept it simple they, everyone knew what they were doing they had a formation which you know I'm, I'm sure they didn't veer from too much during the course of the season they just trusted their formation and and trusted the the system and the style and and stuck with it and Christ we all know Lambert had a hell of a long run-up at, at this season um tail end of last season where we seem to have stuck to a formation and then you know as Joe's eloquently said more than one occasion he just confused himself over the course of pre-season um and then we're we've got a lopsided squad in terms of the the formation that we seem to want to end up playing rather than the one that we played for the tail end of last season we don't have the squad that's capable of playing 4-4-2 or 3-5-2 um and just as you say you just you just seem to time himself up in knots over and over again certainly during this this autumn period that we're covering here it was it was horrendous Mm. but we were still in second spot as we yeah. we finally had a run of league games in succession i think it was four four pretty big league games in 15 days over christmas and 
I think we were talking about whether we take six points or or seven points um, from those games. It was Bristol Rovers up first. Uh, Lambert again shuffles his pack. Um, Cole Skews captained the side from right back in this game. Dazelle joined Downs and Nolan in midfield. And I think this is the first time that we see Keane, Norwood and Jackson in a front three. Yeah. Um, did you did you ever expect that trio to work together together in tandem? No, it came out of nowhere, didn't it? And it and it didn't work. Um, Keane played through the middle, and you know, I don't think I don't think it would be an issue for Jackson. I think Jackson could well play that that wide attacking um, player, um, but Norwood looked like a fish out of water, stuck out on the on the left, um, and this. You know, it's just smacks of desperation to just chuck in all your attacking players onto the pitch at the same time and just hoping that between the three of them, something will come off and you know, we'll be fine. But it didn't work. We were 1-0 down, weren't we, after four or five minutes. We were 2-0 down after about 20 minutes and the crowd started to turn. Um, a lot of huffing and puffing and just, you know, you could tell that the three guys who were up front hadn't really had any chance to play together. There was no understanding between the three of them. Um, it just didn't work. I think the, 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 goal, the goal that we scored actually emphasises your point about Jackson being comfortable in a wide position and Norwood being comfortable between the posts because yeah. it was a decent goal that one, wasn't it? I think Jackson took a really early cross from out wide on the left and Norwood got his head on it in the middle in yeah. the centre forward position. Um, but we we just didn't create enough chances like that in that game. But, well, we didn't create enough chances like that over the course of the whole season, really, did we? And mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right in in highlighting that goal. And again, I remember talking about it on the pod at the time. Is it was just all it just all instinctive stuff, wasn't it? Because that was the one where Downs flicked it over their player to Garber, and Garber first time flicked it with the outside of his foot down the wing to Jackson, who then first time put a hell of a cross, and didn't he, with his wrong mm-hmm. foot away swinging left left foot cross. And Norwood's rushing in first time header. And it was literally three touches of the ball. And we've gone from the halfway line down the wing into the middle and, and scored a goal. And you think we're just so ponderous and, and cautious with the ball when you think, well, guys, if you can score goals like that, just you know, let the shackles off and play a few first time balls. You know, just too many touches, wanting that extra touch or extra two touches and it just it, frust- it frustrates the hell out of me, and I'm sure it must frustrate the hell out of the of the strikers as well, who are probably making runs, waiting for a ball that's uh, very seldom ends up where it should. Mm. Uh, just one thing I forgot to pick up on this: Thomas Holy was back in goal for that one, um, and despite us losing, we stayed second. Um, so we went down to Portsmouth, still in the top two. Um, and what does he do this time? It's a 3-5-2 formation. Norris is back in goal. Mm. Nciala's back in there with Chambers and Wolfenden. And Edwards and Garber playing as wing-backs. And James Norwood joined Will Keane up front. And Norwood had a couple of chances in this one. In the lashing rain, we lost yeah. 1-0. And I got absolutely soaked to the bone. Was this the one where you were drinking strong lager on the train, Mikey? Uh, yeah, I was drinking strong lager on the train down. Uh, <laughs> and I drank stronger lager in the pub before the game. Um, and yeah, I was going out in London that night. And 
yeah, knocked me for six. It's no surprise to anyone that I was really ill over Christmas after that day. <laughs> but you, you say that we were um, we were second, but we were we were about seven points behind Wickham. Now you know we were just we were falling behind. Yeah, we, I think we probably had a couple of games in hand though, which which are great, yeah. aren't they? That's that's what you need. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Especially when on, on the sort of run of form we were on. But it was, it was as you said before the Bristol Rovers game, it was, it was that period of time where everyone was like, right, you know, we've got four games here. We need to be looking well. If we can average about two points a game, that'd be a, a decent, decent Christmas. And then you get rid of Bristol Rovers. Right, you didn't get any out of that. Crikey, right, we've now got Portsmouth, Gillingham and Lincoln. Right, well, we need two wins and a draw. Two, a minimum, really, two wins in the draw. If we can get two wins, you know, we might be all right. You think, crikey, this is the teams below us that started to group up behind us, and Wickham certainly aren't falling away any um, above us. And yeah, Ellis Harrison gave us the runaround that day, didn't he? As yeah, well. I was, was going to bring that up. Was that maybe a is the, is that us being experts after the event? Because he didn't didn't really tear it up in his first season with us. But wait, was that maybe a him sending a message to Paul Lambert that he's more than good enough in League One. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was trying to send a message to Chambers, wasn't he? Because he cleaned him out after about ten seconds, didn't he? And had a pretty much a running battle with him for the entire match, which ended up in in Chambers being the one that uh, that got sent off in the end. But yeah, so that... I, so I thought that day I was like, blimey, Ellis Harrison's really not popular amongst Ipswich players, and I was like, I wonder what's going on there, um, assuming that there was a breakdown in relationship between him and the rest of the squad, maybe when he was still at Ipswich. But it turns out that he's actually really popular and Chambers is one of his best mates. Oh, really? They were just, they were just going at it like <laughs> like mates do when they play against each other, I suppose. Oh, fantastic. Well, I say they certainly went at each other because he cleaned Chambers out, didn't he, after about 10, 50. He got booked for it as well. So he was he, he was on a, on a booking for... 90 minutes um and to be <laughs> and talking about people getting sent off and this is one that ncr didn't he got subbed after about half an hour just to stop him yeah. from getting sent off <laughs> yeah it's uh, they they weren't conditions for for ncr that day although i'm not really what, not really entirely conditions sure what conditions do see ncr well, uh, who knows he, we, we might we might see a player next season when he's back um but right, going into the Boxing Day game with Gillingham, so we've we've lost at home to Bristol Rovers and we've lost away at Portsmouth. Gillingham at home is is looking like oh, that's the one that we have to win. Must win um, territory, yeah. There was a bumper crowd, as they say in Speedway at Portman Road. Steve Evans is back, fresh from bumper his manager, fresh from his gout-inducing Christmas dinner, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ncala's. Um, Nciala returns, keeps his place, I suppose, even though he was subbed off. And Danassien is in the same back four as him as we move to a 4-4-2. Uh, it was quite a calamitous first half performance from those two, but we somehow kept a clean sheet. We end up drawing 0-0. I can't really remember much from this one, can you? Uh, not much. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, this was when Sears was on the bench, wasn't he? The, the... The Messiah was back and was going to... Yeah, the white, the white knight of Ipswich Town. single-handedly back to uh, to the Championship. Well, Chambers was suspended, wasn't he? Obviously from um, Portsmouth, so that's why Inciala was playing, I assume. Um, but again, yeah, as you say, we were sort of tentative at the back. Inciala and Danassian as a, as a two out, 50% of your back four probably isn't ideal. We had made the wrong decisions up front. We had There was a chance, wasn't there, in front of Churchlands where Jackson 
um, pulled it back for Norwood, which Norwood was running into goal. He pulled it back behind him. And that was pretty much all we did. And again, I don't think we had any shots on target in that match, which, as you say, for a bumper crowd with a, a bumper away manager in the dugout is there were boos, <laughs> there were booze at half time went there and mm. it just started it was just one of those horrible horrible games that we were unfortunately all too uh familiar with certainly at home you know crikey the our poor old home fans don't get much uh in the way of entertainment or results and haven't done for a few years have they no you're not wrong and it always seems boxing day games always seem to be drab these days as well portman road um, but the positive was the clean sheet. Um, and we actually moved back up to second because we dropped to third after the Portsmouth defeat. But I think Wickham, somebody lost that weekend, which meant that, or over Boxing Day, which meant that we went back up to second. I think you, you look confused, but. No, no, no. I think I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that one's right. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. According to all of these stats come from renegade stat man by the way big thanks to him although he probably won't be listening um for for providing those for us um but yeah we've just kept a clean sheet we've moved up to second and uh, we're going up to lincoln maybe we can keep another clean sheet craig well quite you know but this is and this we really are out in must win territory i know i know we were in must win territory for bristol rovers and portsmouth and subsequently for gillingham but um with with one point in our back pocket and uh, yeah, going away to Lincoln, then yeah, another clean sheet would be nice, wouldn't it? And uh, maybe maybe scrape a one-nil victory and, and disappear back down the A14. Um, and it's funny actually, after the Gillingham, I noted it down here. After the Gillingham match, that's when Lambert started these. Oh, if they you know, if you want to get if they want to get another manager, fine. It was those sort of comments started coming out. Yeah. Um, and it, it was. I think there was a similar a similar quote from Norris after Portsmouth saying that we did, we had a good honest chat and you know when you start getting those sort of comments coming out of the change room and there's going to be another one after this match um, you know it's, it's it's empty words isn't it it's it's uh, it's hot air but um, I'll let you go through the team for Lincoln if you want the changes uh, I yeah so if, if you if you can talk through them I've got written down that we made three changes Norris is very much in goal for this one. Um, I haven't got written down. We we returned to a four four two, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, and Enciala was dropped completely out of the squad, so he he started um, the previous two matches. He started at Portsmouth and he started against Gillingham, and he didn't even get into the match day squad for uh, for Lincoln. Um, and you know, it it did solidify our defence, thankfully. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we had, was the problem. Had, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if Enciala played, we might have only conceded four. Um, I think we had we had Dezel and Downs in central midfield as well for this one. Um, I can't remember if, if Skews was uh, injured, um, but yeah, it but was, it was just... one of those games, wasn't it, where we actually you couldn't take your eyes off it, even <laughs> partly because it was horrendous what was going on at the back but we always looked dangerous we we were actually maybe because we were always behind but we were attacking with purpose throughout the yeah. game weren't we yeah first off first off we played okay first off we were playing some half decent stuff and the and the crowd were, were getting behind us um we garbert scored didn't he from a from a free yeah, kick, free um, kick and yeah. it's just it's just that it was just that the timing of their second goal 
just before half time when Norris had his brain fart and came herring out of his goal and got lobbed. Great goal, to be fair. It was a, it was a nice finish, but that just set the wheels in motion for uh, for the second half. Absolutely. So a 5-3 defeat away at Lincoln to wrap up 2019. So this is the what would have been, I think, the halfway point of the season. Uh, and we've actually dropped down to fourth. Um, we haven't won a game in all competitions in 10 matches. Um, so as we hand over to, to Seb and to Rich and their star guest, and you'd have been forgiven for thinking that Lambert's job was uncertain, wouldn't yeah. you, Craig? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I think you think it's you think his position's being seriously questioned, precarious. I would suggest you know he's going to do well to last until the new year. Certainly with the the run, as you say, the run that we've been on. We we started off talking about Southend and Rochdale, uh, which we which we won. They were the last match. That was the last match Rochdale. It was on the bonfire night. It was on the fifth of November. We didn't win another league game until the second week of January. Spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, our listeners and viewers will have to tune in uh, to part three to find out if Paul Lambert keeps his job. Surely he can't. <laughs> so yeah, that will be that will be released uh, possibly by the end of this week, uh, possibly early next week. Um, there's plenty of other Blue Monday podcasts on the channel. There's been plugs galore for all of the Jim Jilton interviews, Tommy Miller, Pablo Caniago, uh, Matt Holland. Uh, and plus, we've got um, the new home shirt has been released. Craig, you joined Rich and Joe yesterday to do a bit of a a nerdy kit kit review. Did you enjoy yeah. that? Yeah, a bit of a Gok Wan um, crazy <laughs> of of the kit. Yeah, they uh, had to get the Essex man on, didn't they, to <laughs> talk about the fashion? Bit of style, <laughs> yes, absolutely. How well it goes with a certain um, shade of mahogany tan and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite like it. As I said on the pod, I like simple, <laughs> I like simple things. But I like I like simple kits, and yeah, it's it's a, a decent nod to uh, to the anniversary. And yeah, you say you like simple kits. Doesn't sound like the away ones going to be particularly to your taste. Well, yes. Well, we we may have some inside information on that, but I'll let the person that's got the inside information spill those particular beans. Absolutely. So. If you're listening on ACAST, you might have heard me asking for your money before the podcast. Um, <laughs> if you're not, then if you go on the ACAST app uh, and click on the description of the show, you can see how you can donate to donate to us if if that's what you want to do. We're not going to come and find you if you don't. We're not going to stop, even stop doing the podcast either. So really, there's not <laughs> much incentive, is there? <laughs> so, Craig, um, thank you so much for joining me to talk through this probably the second best part of the season um in all in all honesty wasn't it <laughs> well, i don't know I, th- I think i think statistically i think the, the guys either side of us and we only had two wins but um yeah they may get a few more in the in the third part who knows but yeah it was just it just never got going did it this this part of the season it just tailed away when we just just as you said we didn't need to pull up any trees Having had the start, we did, but uh, sadly, we just made it difficult so, for ourselves. So just quickly before you go, I'm going to put you on the spot here because I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this beforehand. But could you pick out um, your favourite moment, your low point, 
and the best player from the second third of the season? Um, of this of this little clutch of games. Of this of this little section, yeah. Uh, high point, crikey! Well, out of two wins, um, the rag pudding at Rochdale was a high point. <laughs> yes. Um, but also, what is a rag say, pudding? <laughs> question. I've, I've had one. I've had one, and I probably still couldn't tell you what it was. <laughs> I, I assume it's it's the utensil it's cooked in rather than the ingredients that are used to uh, to create it. Um, but yeah, so if it's not the rag pudding, it's it's you and Joe um, giving it full football factory at uh, at Roots Hall. <laughs> uh, best player. Uh, of this little clutch, Jesus Christ Almighty! Of two wins out of eighteen matches, um, Wolfenden was pretty solid, wasn't he? I know we started off the pod talking about yeah. Wolfenden and Downs. You know, for for the age that these guys are, and for the excuse my French, the shit show that they were surrounded by for the the vast majority of this season, and certainly through this little clutch of um, games. You know, it, it speaks volumes of them as, as players and of, of characters to to still come out of it with some semblance of uh, of credibility, I think. Absolutely. I, I was going to suggest Wolfenden because of all of the changes that were going on around him. It seemed like he had a different right back or centre back partnership. Um, any particular low point? Was it was it probably the terrace at Lincoln, wasn't it? When we conceded the fifth? Yeah, that got pretty. Yeah, that got pretty angry around me um, at the end of that Lincoln match. Um, but just, just the, you know, just the low point. Was, was there a particular single low point? Probably not. But it was just the, just the erosion of confidence over the course of this, the autumn um, and the performances that came out, you know, culminating with Gillingham and Lincoln at the end of the year. Um, yeah, was uh, was pretty low. Mm. I'd probably say my high point was having a picture of Straba, Stara Praman in the pub in Portsmouth before the game. Um, I drank enough to be confident. Um, the low point was queuing up to get into Fratton Station afterwards in the lashing rain. Um, and yeah, I've already mentioned best player in that section for me. It's probably Wolfenden, maybe Enciala for entertainment value. But I'll let you have the well, I'll let you have the penultimate word, Craig. Is there anything you want to plug or anything you no, want to discuss no, before no. we go? I don't think so, mate. I think I think we're all good. I think oh, um, Popmaster, ten thirty, BBC Radio Two, uh, every weekday. Um, if you want to stick your scores on Twitter, then you know we can have a little competition to see how see how everyone gets on. Excellent. Okay, be careful what you wish for. And there 
there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.